Hey, everybody, this is Adam. And this is Atkins. And we're bringing you another episode of the AMP. Uh, this week, we're covering another Smash volume, Smash Volume 5. The last Smash volume. Is it going to be the last Smash volume, or are they producing more of these? I feel like I've heard that th this was the last one. And after having read the whole thing, I could kind of see why. Yeah, yeah, I, I was kind of curious. I have not looked into any of it, but I'd be interested in knowing what the sales for something like this is, because I feel like they've not been bad, but they've progressively gotten stale, if that makes sense. Yeah, I thought three and four were very strong. Um, four, I think, was the last one. that re It was either three or four that I was like, this is my favorite one. Whichever one I said that to, it was whichever it the, what, whatever the last like four, one was. Well, that was four. But I, I meant like the I last one that I said that was my favorite because I might have oh, said this okay, is my okay. new favorite more than once. I'm, I've <laughs> been prone to do that. Well, it was interesting. I, I was talking to a group of My Hero fans and none of them had even heard of this before. So, you know, it seems like it's kind of a smaller niche, even more so than like Vigilantes, which I thought was already a pretty small niche itself. Yeah, uh, I was talking with Batman Beyond Mark and because I was like, am I crazy or is just this fifth volume is just not holding a candle to any of the ones that preceded it? Because uh, like we're. Uh, if you're listening to this, you've always you've already seen that the title is not the top 10 comic strips of Smash Volume 5 because I could not come up with 10. Uh, I think I landed at seven. And even that I told Adam, I really had like six and a half because one of them I mostly pick for a single panel. Yeah. Uh, and I tried like I always I've said before, like in almost every other volume, with the exception of maybe one, because we did that so long ago and I just don't care to comment on what I can't remember. Um I had to cull the number of strips back from, you know, 15, 17 strips down to 10. And this one, I couldn't, I could just couldn't come up with 10. Um, I thought that the, the gimmicks that were the frames for each of the chunks of, of chapters were just not as good. And, and the playground maybe his, had just kind of run, run its course um, for, yeah. for the comic strip format. I don't know. Well, and the formats changed a lot, too, because I feel like I remember in the first couple of volumes, each strip was truly its own kind of unique yeah. storyline. And this one, it was like one continuous story and they just slapped a title over every top. Like I, there was no need. It felt like it felt like it was all one continuous story, basically. Yeah. In the other volumes, more so than this one, for sure, the strips, they they did have a continuity for for the most the overall parts. volume, but they were standalone strips. Yeah, and they were and they were framed. You know, here's the yeah. incident, or here's the situation, and then here are these half dozen or whatever uh, strips inside of that particular circumstance and environment or whatever. This one, you're right. It's just like you could read uh, top to bottom, right to left, and the the titles were something that you could gloss over unless they just happened to be kind of kind of funny. Yeah. Um, like like there was a continuity, too much continuity between the last panel of a, of the first strip and the first panel of the second strip and on and on, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, you're, you're absolutely right about that. And I do think that that caused it to suffer because, you know, when you, when you try to string things together and have that, that level of continuity, there are certain things that you can't do because it affects what comes after it. Uh, whereas if you keep the strips, it's just like this thing happened in this strip, but in the next one, that thing didn't happen something else happened or yeah. or at the at the most the continuity was like referential um they well, might how, 
Go ahead. I feel I was gonna say I feel like in volume one and two there would be like six strips that were basically the same premise, but one little thing tweaked yeah. to make it either funnier or less funny. Whereas in this, they couldn't do that because it was all one continuous movement or one continuous storyline. So yeah, yeah, it's you know, and I almost wonder how much of that like reduce the punchiness of some of these strips if that makes sense where they they didn't have as much creative freedom to do something finite within three or four panels you know right yeah it's it's the weakest of two through five for sure um i would have to go back and and reread volume one uh i think part of my my like my goggles the the you know, beatific view of volume one was that it was this different <laughs> format. Um, and that yeah. in and of itself, that novelty was new enough that I think that it kind of gives it a, you know, I'm looking, looking at it through rose colored glasses kind of. Sure. Um, but yeah, we've absolutely had more fun with smash volumes outside of volume five. That is a hundred percent attestable. <laughs> Just go listen what? to the other episodes and compare their intros to this one. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Uh, well, why don't we go ahead and jump into Volume 5, and we're going to start off with Adkins again. If if the video says Smash Volume 4, then, you know, I got lazy. Sorry, guys. <laughs> 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 Apparently, I didn't do uh, overlays the way that I thought I did, and that was not a dynamic element in this. But if oh, it's there, oops. then, you know, hey, I'll cut all this out. <laughs> it's all good. Yep. But otherwise, Adkins, why don't you go ahead and get us started off with the first uh, first comic strip there? So my first one is called 1A's Honorary Turd, um, and it wouldn't take a strong imagination to guess who features at the center of this one. I can't, again, a lot of the framing devices for these um, strips, I didn't think were very compelling. I cannot for the life of me right now recall why it is that Class 1A and Class 1B folks were supposed to be working together. Maybe it was a heroes villains thing again i don't it was sort of yeah because basically the teachers were like hey you need to be able to work together at any point in time with whatever hero is on site so we're going to bring in class b you guys have to work together and it was very like 1a 1b team up and a lot of it was just monoma being like whining about 1a and there were some good sticks there like this one this was one of the best probably one of the best strips of the entire volume honestly yeah so mineta um waves down Honanuki, uh, whose quirk is softening, and he could just make stuff soft by touching it, and he wants to know if he can adjust how, if he can control the softness. Um, and he wants to know because there's a female mannequin nearby, and he wants Honanuki to make her rack as soft as fresh-baked bread, and those are his words, <laughs> not mine, Yep. Uh, and yep. her bottom like marshmallows. Uh, and of course, he's like, you know, salivating at this idea, and... Uh, he, he can't he i mean this character just can't be believed and so he starts <laughs> muttering to himself you're trying to earn my trust right and so it's in your interest to give me what i want and hononuki comments on the creepiness of mineta's face hononuki of course if you're not watching the video uh is the one who has like the ex- all the exposed teeth he kind of um, looks like so a, a titan from attack on titan yeah he does yeah like a miniature titan and they so, drew Mineta to be super creepy looking in this too, oh yeah like a little did. like rat character yeah yeah <laughs> uh so then sue shows up on the scene and she's speaking with hononuki now and she says if you use max softness setting on him will he flush as she's got him wrapped up in her tongue and him like head down into a toilet yeah uh, and hononuki's like yeah that should work <laughs> <laughs> i like this one this was a good one uh man it reminded me of um what was that movie 40 year old virgin where he's talking about breasts feeling like bags full of sand yeah <laughs> everybody's like you clearly have never touched boobs yeah god it was this is great 
so my first one is called Anti-Dental Plan. And the whole point here is that basically Shigaraki and Kurogiri are interviewing people to be part of the League of Villains. And so they they finally get to Moonfish and they're explaining his quirk is that, you know, his teeth stretches and they're like, man, what's wrong with this guy? And he's just being crazy. Like, just like, oh, I love meat all chopped up. And I, pretty much any time he shows up in this volume, he's just saying weird stuff like that. And uh, almost Shik- exclusively. I love meat or meat. I mean, he, yeah. he's he kind of only has like one or two lines that deviate yeah. from that. Or like, I feel like there's one where he just says something like eat, eat, eat or chop it up, chop it up. There was he really doesn't have a lot of, of talking in this volume. Uh, but Shigaraki just says, you know, so go open a butcher shop. Warp this wacko away, Kurogiri. And uh, Kurogiri's like, well, I admit it may be difficult to work alongside this fellow. And uh, Moonfish takes offense to this. He's like, what? No way. Like, I'm great. Who? What do you mean? And uh, so Shigaraki says, okay, well, what are we supposed to find appealing about you? State your case. And Moonfish is just like, well, uh, I never get cavities. Uh, and so, <laughs> you know, it's great because Shigaraki says, well, I actually prefer henchmen with cavities. And this yeah, reminded he... me of a Justice League Unlimited episode where the Flash and Lex Luthor have swapped bodies. And Lex Luthor's like leaving the bathroom or something. And it's really Flash in his body. And someone stops him. and He's like, Lex, you're not going to wash your hands. And he goes, no, because I'm evil. <laughs> it, just, <laughs> it felt so trivial, you know. <laughs> I I forgot how much I liked Moonfish as a villain. Um, even to date, he still is one of the scariest villains that I think that we've seen on the show. Just He's just as maniacal. Like, yeah, maniacal, unhinged, um, absolutely crazy quirk. He was the first one that required Tokoyami to go ham, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, at the, that's right. At the uh, summer camp. Like, he yeah. was just he was just a max-level threat out on the field. Um, and, it, I mean, even just his, like, Cenobite style mm-hmm. is creepy as hell. Um, it is super creepy. We've never even yeah. seen what he actually looks like. He's just wrapped up. Yeah, yeah. And they, I mean, they treat him, I mean, he, he, he's very prominent in the fifth volume. Um, he's like walking around on his teeth when they go on a hike and things like that. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah, his, I, his character in the anime and the manga is just vicious, man. It really is. Uh, even when he, they were breaking out of um, the uh, Tartarus. Tartarus. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was just like slashing people with his teeth. It was pretty wild. So yeah. On to you, Adkins. All right. This next one's called Already Stale and features our boy Yaurashi. Um, and he comes stomping along into Class 1A uh, along with a couple other people from Shiketsu High. Or, wait, is he Shiketsu or the other one? Nah, crap. Now I can't remember. Uh, it was like him, Meatball Boy. Yeah, that's uh, Shiketsu. Is it Shiketsu? Okay. If it's Kami, not, is the other one? I don't yeah, remember. Kami, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Kami's um, one that one. Yeah, so they, they come in. Um, they're there to like... I can't again, the premises that the three of the people from that high school are over here at one A. And so he starts walking through the room and he accidentally elbows uh, Hagakure in the back of the head. And he's acting like he doesn't see anything, even though she's clothed like her her uniform is visible. Um, and so he's looking around like what just happened? And Jiro's having to explain that she's invisible. So you have to be careful. So he says, totally my bad. And he starts Yaurashiing to even greater Yaurashi levels. This is Yaurashi cranked up to 11. So. Of course, this time he says, I'll be sure to watch myself and snaps this sharp salute. And when he does, he stomps down on uh, <laughs> Ojiro's tail. Yep. Uh, and Jiro's like, well, now you're stomping on his tail. And then in apologizing for that in classic Yarashi fashion, he dips his head down really hard and violently towards the floor and ends up smacking Jiro in the back of the head. And oh, so yeah. she's just like, we've never met such a one note character before. Uh, and it just just him just bumbling around all these students at 1A, giving his very uh, 
exaggerated gestures made a lot of sense. I liked it, it a lot. The only thing that would have made this better is if they could have made an Ojiro joke at the same time about him, like, being so normal or something, you know? <laughs> Mark would disagree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we've got the next one, which is called Leading by Non-Example. Uh, and this is, again, another one where all of the students have gotten together and the teachers are trying to show them, like, hey, here's how you should do it. And so we've got All Might and we've got uh, Racerhead and I'm pretty Vlad. sure it's Vlad. Yeah. yeah. And so they're all supposed to team up and they're going to go show the kids like how pros are going to be, you know, doing it the right way with all of their teamwork and everything. And uh, Eraserhead here is just like, well, I'll check around for safe areas. When I give the signal, you rescue people from those spots. And All Might says, okay, okie dokie, roger that. And then he just, you know, goes off on his own and gets everything already. And of course, uh, Aizawa is just like this fool, I swear. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I feel like this comes back in a later bit, too, where uh, they're kind of criticizing All Might for his teaching methods and, and criticizing him for just doing exactly what everyone else is saying he shouldn't do, which is just go be the solo hero. Yeah. So it was really good. Uh, but at the end here, the panel just says the teacher's team didn't provide much of an example, but the kids still got a kick out of it. And, of course, Deku is freaking out, just like I keep saying, All Might's the greatest. <laughs> I like he, that he's got his little Polaroid camera out catching capturing this moment. And his, like... Yeah, his everything about the way that he's he's just fanboying over All Might. It's great stuff. Yeah. In my next comment, the conceit was that Endeavor shows up to uh, UA to help with some training. Uh, and he's doing it basically to stir up some jealousy in his own son, Todoroki. He's, he yeah. thinks that he comes and, and is the top dog that maybe Todoroki would pay him some more attention. And so in this first in this topmost panel, which is uh, this strip is entitled Backfiring. Um Endeavor has made an impression on several students. They're surrounding him. Uh, Kirishima's like, how do I look just now, Endeavor? And he's complimenting this, the students. And Ida's trying to get his attention uh, to, to have Endeavor check his form. And they're they're even coming – or they, they appear to be calling him a bunch of, like, nicknames like Indy and Ender and Indist and all this kind of stuff. And Endeavor is eating this up. So he's like, hey, hey what now, Shoto? You'll come crawling back to me soon enough. But – Unbeknownst to him until this particular panel, Shoto had uh, been approached by All Might uh, and is now training off all by himself with All Might, which just sends Endeavor into a rage. And so this is the my my half panel, um, my half comic strip, because this final panel of him yelling Shoto <laughs> oh, it's is awesome. so hilariously illustrated. Yeah. And every time that I see uh, Endeavor shouting Shoto, I'll never not hear it in uh, like him shouting during the UA festival, you know, where it's like super loud. Shoto! And loud. Yeah, I mean, yeah. here they, they do throw some uh, some extra O's on to kind of communicate some of that. Um, but yeah, I like that really panel funny. of uh, of uh, Toads, like giving All Might the fist bump, too. Like, that's a pretty yeah. wholesome panel. Like, just, you know. Like some guy that's taught this other guy how to be great at his quirk or whatever. And off in the distance, his dad's all jealous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's Endeavor is there to have that exact moment with exactly. his own son. And he yeah. in, in his attempt to uh, acquire it or obtain it for himself, it, it backfired. Thus if the, I remember uh, correctly, All Might realizes what's going on and feels really bad about it. Like he was yeah, totally he out. Because he thinks that uh, uh, Endeavor is there to poke at him not being able to teach the class, and he's trying to take over or whatever. So right. it was a good one, yeah. That does I, I love some bills. This was the only one that I think we duplicated, because I picked this one too. Uh, and mainly because there's a, I think there's a YouTube video out there of someone has compiled every time that Endeavor has just screamed Shoto. It's like oh, five minutes what? long. 
It's awesome. <laughs> I might have to look that up. Hey, you know what? If I do look it up, I'll send you a link so you can include it in the show notes. Yeah. Other yeah, people might want to see that as well. Definitely. So my next one is called To Perv or Not to Perv. And uh, this one is interesting because the kids are just like got some downtime, if I remember correctly. And uh, some of the girls are wanting to follow Midoriya to see what he's up to. And so they follow him to this mall and uh, they're trying to see what he's getting himself into. So he's at Nakano Broadway and it looks like he is basically just going to go look at figurines. And Ochako's like, huh, that's an interesting place to go. And I think it's Sue that says research tells me this is the holy land of sort of <laughs> subculture hero shops and they have haga curry with them and for some reason they've got her wearing a mask and yeah. like other random assort i guess so that way they know where she is and stuff but the mask seemed unnecessary i thought that it, was she's in that particular panel she's dressed up like the old school like invisible man only it's like a, a covid styled uh face like mask. mask yeah yeah, yeah and instead of the like bindings that he wore that were like horizontally right. wrapped around his face right right sunglasses and everything and like a hat well, they catch Midoriya going into a fragrance shop, and the like advertisement at the top of the shop has got some superheroess, heroine, heroine, heroine. That's the word I need. Heroine, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> she's she's off heroess. Yeah. You know, we haven't had a good Adam word in a long hey, time. We were. I due. said I said optionary earlier today. That's <laughs> the best new word I've come up with in a long time. Um, but so, anyways, this this uh, this heroine is very kind of revealing uh, looking you could say and uh, it's funny because I'm pretty sure Ochako is freaking out and she's like this counts as sort of subculture and uh, you know they're they're like oh no what if he gets that look in his eyes about the smell of Rama and uh, she says please God strike him down before he enters that shop oh he walked past phew so he's not that big of a weirdo at least <laughs> the <laughs> funniest really... part about this is that he walks past it even though there's a sign that says all might's scent reproduced out reproduced. there and, yeah. yeah I think that's Part of what the girls were fearing is he's going to walk in there and get a bottle of something that would make him smell like all might oh day might or whatever exactly. it might have been called. The best part is, is a couple panels later, that's exactly what he does. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I think I picked that one, so we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. My next one's called Setting the Standard. Uh, the students are subjected to uh, more training, having to deal with uh, with the uh, paparazzi and the media and things like this. And so there's a panel of pro heroes that are going to judge their interaction based on fielding accusations that are supposed to be at least false. Um, I say supposed to be because I think in my next one, a character decides to just treat them as basically true, but uh, they're, they're tossed. Uh, they're, they're being told that for this training, that they're going to be suspected of destroying a priceless artifact two timing and committing tax fraud, but you don't remember doing any of this. And so you have to get in there and explain or apologize to the media satisfactorily and you'll be graded on your approach. And so all these media stand in, start shouting all these things. They're asking him what his relationship is with the pirate queen, which I guess is another pro hero. Doesn't didn't ring any bells for me. Didn't bother looking me it either. up. Yeah. And Bakugo is at the stand and uh, he's kind of frustrated with he struggles a lot when training is physical. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, is is not what he considers what he considers to be training. And so he just shouts, I don't remember a single thing. That's all by. And he just walks off and uh, he gets he scores pretty high. 88 out of a possible 100 points um, because he was upright and honest, at least. And everybody else in the class was like, that was acceptable. Like he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> he just denied remembering stuff and walked off. Um, but hey, it was effective and it fits uh, Bakugo's character. He totally would just blow off the media, if, oh, if yeah. especially if they were baseless claims. He would not entertain that at all. 
this this panel, not even just this panel, but this entire chapter felt out of nowhere to me until I realized that we literally had a couple of episodes in this last season where the pro heroes are addressing the media and being like, yeah, we lied to you guys. Yeah, we screwed up. Sorry. Like this was, this almost felt like it pulled directly from where we kind of left off with the pro heroes and explaining all of the stuff that they were aware of, you know? And they did have one. A had some training with, I think it was Mount lady or maybe midnight. One of the two, or maybe both of them, I can't remember, but they like they were inter- practicing for interviews and they did that in the anime slash manga yeah. at some point because I remember them being smitten with Todoroki. I That's hope right. I'm not misremembering that as like like I'm crossing my Smash stream with the anime stream in my brain. That would be unfortunate. <laughs> that would be incredibly unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> so but the next one is called Aw Deku. And uh, this one I thought was really great because this is when they're still at the mall and the girls are watching him and they're realizing that there are some bullies picking on a kid. And what Deku is doing is that he is basically swapping these kids out for himself mm-hmm. and letting the bullies pick on him. And I just I like this one a lot. I thought it was very Deku-ish, but there's like a villain villainous you know kind of kid here that's got like stretchy arms and like a weird snake tongue or something and you see Deku kind of like schwip right out in the way and so he gets the other kid out of the way and uh the 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 bullies are just like what the hell like we're coming up empty-handed every dang time and he says dang the internet said this spot was perfect for shaking down nerds and the girls realize what he's doing. He's just spending his day off being a meat shield for these other dweebs. And at the very bottom, Ochako's like, oh, well, there's, you know, nothing wrong with this, I guess. Like, she's realizing that she kind of appreciates him for that. And I, <laughs> I just thought that was kind of wholesome and very Deku. My there's even a part... moment, I think, where, like, they're punching him in the stomach. And he's like, oh, it's great training for the abs. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite part about this strip is one of them says uh, that... There's not there's no money here because Deku, knowing that he's going to be this meat shield, knows not to come with a bunch of yen in his pocket, I bet, I guess. Um, but he also remarks, it's just this one kid with some sort of hardening quirk, uh, which is a, a comment on those rock hard abs that Deku is allowing to be punched. And also his face. There's a panel where he's being punched in the face. So he apparently has uh, smash canonical muscly jaws yes. as well. Yes. My next one's called Scandal Magnet. Uh, this is a continuation of the uh, the accusation training. And so Mineta takes a completely different tact, of course, because he's Mineta and stuff. And so he says, I think everybody's got the wrong idea. Exposure is everything. So I say bring on the bad headlines. And so he gets all these same questions. Are you intimate with the Pirate Queen? He's like, maybe. And he's got like shades on. His feet yeah. are up on the desk. He's reclined. <laughs> Did you destroy the artifact? Who knows? He's just completely. And the tax fraud. I mean, he's just totally just being like, eh, whatever, maybe. Um, And then (laughs) he says to one of the reporters, uh, ooh, you're cute. Why don't you show me your byline? (laughs) And it got him an 86. (laughs) Yeah. And and everyone's like, what? (laughs) Yeah. I think it's Uwabami who's sitting on the panel is just like, I guess being hated is better than obscurity. Um, And it's it, it's slayers but it's just like well the judges hate to admit the truth but uh <laughs> this, this is the only time i think one of Manetta's plans actually worked out for him like i can't remember another time where he scored the way that he did this way you know yeah yeah i mean because to be fair he didn't admit to anything he just left it ambivalent for notoriety's sake yeah and, yeah uh, so what I is guess that saying like any press is good press or something yeah yeah that's basically uh yeah he, he spun that exact phrase in a yeah. different way in there yeah well, my next one is uh, Ugg Deku, and uh, this one is where... You're still in the mall. 
Yeah, we're still. I like them all better than any. What what is going on? Oh yeah, this is okay. I remember this one. So, uh, they're they're kind of like going through the day and trying to figure out like what all Midoriya has been doing. And uh, Sue is like, "Wow, Midoriya really thought ten steps ahead on this one." And uh, Hagakure says, "Well, the world's a scary place when you don't got a strong quirk." And so they're they're sitting there talking about their day, and and Sue says, "Well, Midoriya didn't have an easy time up through middle school." And Ochako says, "Right, all that bad blood with Bakugo." And Hagakure says, "Well, and that's why he's so sensitive to bullying." And Sue's like, "Well, Midoriya can be an oddball, but I believe he'll make a great hero." And Hagakure says, "Yeah, for sure. It makes me want to root for him." Ochako is like, you know, daydreaming about how great Deku is. She says, "Deku, Deku, yeah, he's destined for greatness." And then she's watching him make out with that same All Might uh, stand-up from earlier inside of the, yeah. the shop. And Deku's just like, woohoo, just as I planned. I knew that promo would be ending today. <laughs> uh, I loved it. I thought that was great. Yeah. So and now we know that it's going into his room at UA. Oh, yeah. Where, we'll, where hopefully he won't continue to kiss it. Be, because if he's willing to do kissing uh, that thing in public, I hate... I, I shudder to think what Smash Deku would do to that thing behind a closed door at UA. Can you imagine, like, like All Might opening the door and just being like, Young Mid, no, God. <laughs> like, closing the door and walking it's away. It's a nice cardboard cutout. What is with the, uh, why is it smudged in here and here? And yeah. Here? yeah, it's got, like, literally one of All Might's suits on it. Ugh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he sprayed it with that O de Might. Yeah, exactly. It smells exactly like me. <laughs> my next one is called those in the know uh the one biggest credit i think maybe um in volume five's um corner is that they bring stain back um so smash stain um he's brought into ua um by all might and part of the premise for this particular strip is that uh, the students are invited to kind of pick the brain of a villain to try to get into the way that they think they couldn't have picked a worse villain to do this with really but um it is what it is. So Stain is put up on this pedestal um, and they decide to turn it into a little bit of a production. Uh, so he's at this podium uh, and he's like got he's got a suit on. He's got a top hat on and everybody's like, what the heck's going on? And All Might says, well, you were so enthusiastic about the Q&A that I thought, why not literally set the stage for it? And they take a little bit of umbrance at first because Sue was like, but why would you spend money on this? Uh, isn't that exactly what makes Stain mad? Which is a good point. Um but Stain says, no, you know, actually, I recognize this equipment. It comes from one of All Might's nonprofits, and they create jobs in the community. And once they recoup all their costs, any additional proceeds go directly to those in need. And so uh, somebody comments that never forget that All Might is a superhero in every sense of the word. And, and Jiro's like, is that true? And All Might is concerned about how uh, how much Stain seems to know about him. And then Deku rushes into the scene as if to kind of share that spotlight. And he's like, oh, I, I knew all that, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, oh, Stain's not more of a fan than, than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like he wants to retain his number one fan status. Ah, oh, man, that's awesome. <laughs> so my next one is called uh, Dark Horse. And this is one uh, where they are trying to be funny. So for some reason, All Might has basically said, I think it's All Might. He's basically said, like, hey, you know, when you're out in the wild, you need to be able to crack jokes, make fun, and, and bring people happiness. Because you're not just rescuing them. you got to make a, a, them happy, bring a smile to their face. And Midoriya, if I remember correctly, seems to think this is a great idea because, you know, that's one of All Might's key features is he's always making people happy, bringing a smile back to their face. 
And so we've got um, Kaminari here, and he says, all right, so Soji's next. He's got a tough act to follow. And I think this was right after Ochako did some impressions, if I remember correctly. And uh, so it's Saro saying, you know, maybe he can ride that momentum. And, and uh, Jiro says, well, how would that amount to effective training, though? <laughs> and we've got Shoji up here, and he says, I'll be taking off my mask. And he's saying this with one of his, like, tentacle hands. And everyone's like, oh, man, for real? And he pulls a mask down, and it, it says it's. And then he pulls another one, A, another mask, secret. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. <laughs> like, that just, I don't know, that cracked me up. And All Might gives it mega yucks. Uh, he says it's clever, and uh, the principal says it's an unexpected prankster. And, of course, Aizawa is sitting there just like, man, can I go home yet? Yeah, he, he, he's uh, he's not a big fan of this particular exercise. No, no, but I like that one. That one was really funny. I don't think we've ever seen Shoji's face, have we? No, no. I don't think so. Um, my second uh, – th no, this is my last one. I hope, I think. Um, yeah, the total knockout. I'm pretty sure it's your last one. Yeah, so the conceit for this one is Bakugo, uh, when he was out in the field, got struck by a quirk. I think it was called, like, Pretty Face or something like that. It basically, it's wearing off, but it's, it kind of kicks on and off, so it cycles. And when it's on, his face gets all, like, almost romancy. Uh, he speaks very differently. It's almost in, like, this old English-styled font. Uh, and it just changes all of us. Yeah, sudden. it like it yeah. changes everything about him. It even changes the way that his costume looks, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. Um. So in, in these four panels, uh, they're doing the heroes versus villains thing. And um, he's a hero that had been caught by Todoroki at first. And he's like, your attacks appear frozen in place to be. You'll never lay a finger on me at that speed. And then later on, he's loose as the hero. And he has picked up Midoriya, who was a hostage. And he's he's talking to him. He says, you're going to be OK, kiddo. I hope you're not hurt. And then like in the middle of that, there are a bunch of these ellipses like he's he realizes either that he's about to snap out of it or that kind of affectionate speech towards Midoriya is enough to snap him out of it because all of a sudden blood spurts out of his mouth. And instead of carrying Midoriya as, as like a bride would across uh, as, as a groom might carry a bride across the threshold, he ends up dropping him into this backbreaker like Bane does to Batman. <laughs> yeah. um, and the, the best part is that uh, at the very end of this comic, Deku is lying there and Kira, uh, Kaminari is like, from a damsel uh, carry into a backbreaker, that one's got to hurt. And Ida's standing next to uh, Midori and he's like, Sensei, Midori's dead. <laughs> they just totally killed him. There uh, were some actually pretty good like Bakugo Midoriya moments, I felt like, in these these volumes like not necessarily worth mentioning but they were good yeah this, this sensei or uh ida's reaction is just hilarious to me yeah, yeah. it's got double exclamation <laughs> points so they can sensei but <laughs> <laughs> there was actually like an entire uh chapter where basically the whole premise was that because bakugo and Midoriya weren't there one a failed to like commit to something yeah. or like do something correctly yeah and uh, this will bring me into my last one. This one was called And Then There Were Six. And the whole premise behind this is basically the League of Villains has gone hiking and they are not having the best of times. So they, they kind of realize they get up on this hike and they're all complaining for one reason or another. And uh, at this point, uh, the lizard guy, why can I, I can never remember his name? Um, That's Spinner. Spinner, thank you. So Spinner turns around and he's just like, you guys are all pathetic. This doesn't even really count as mountain climbing. And Shigaraki's just like, Kurogiri, warp this tough guy to Everest. <laughs> Which I'd be cracking up. And Kurogiri says, well, that's a bit far, but, you know, I could manage Mount Fuji. And he just goes, great, do it. And uh, Spinner's like, whoa, wait, wait, just me alone? No! As he's getting, you know, warped away. 
And so uh, Kurogiri says he's going to send him to the fifth station. He gets there and he's he's sucked away. And Kurogiri just says, Ashley, should we join him on Fuji? And Shigaraki says, nah. But then they switch over to Mount Fuji and Spinner seems to be fine. It's like a popular destination. And this yeah. comes back up later and it turned out he had a great time. But just the idea of Kurogiri like warping him away kind of had me crack it up. It was pretty good. Yeah, uh, this was Shigaraki, Kurogiri, Spinner. I think... Magni uh, was there. Magni, that's right. Yeah, Moonfish was there. Uh, yeah, Moonfish was using his teeth. And, and Toga was uh, there, Toga. too. Toga and Moonfish end up getting warped over to Mount Fuji as well, because they end up like going on about how they need to kill things, and Shigaraki's just like, get out of here. <laughs> Dobby's there, but he can't get away from Magni. Magni's all over Dobby. Yeah, oh, yeah, Magni's whole yeah. thing was he was like... Which uh, I thought was... like absolutely infatuated with Dobby. Well, I don't remember that from the show, like, at all. Was that a thing? Uh, I don't, if it was, it was very brief. Yeah. Um, Cause I didn't remember anything like that, but I felt like in several chapters, Magni was all about Dobby. Couldn't get oh, enough yeah. Dobby. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They were definitely, uh, I mean, fawning over Dobby uh, yeah. in volume yeah. five. But that is our top 14 comics from smash volume five. Yeah. Top 14 total. Cause God knows neither one of us was going to pull a 14 a piece. No, uh, gosh, not from no. this volume anyway. I think this was the first time the I didn't two. have more than 10 and three of mine overlapped with yours. So, yeah, you know, well, let's uh, let's talk about what we're going to do next over the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah, because you've got some cool stuff coming down the line. Uh, well, I think we have cool things coming down the line, but well, more you than me, but that's OK. So this will go live uh, Monday, October 2nd. Yes. Um, a week after that. Not two weeks. The next week, uh, I'm hoping to sit down with, uh, in between, rather, um, in time for October 9th, I'm hoping to have sat down with uh, Ashley Ashes uh, to talk some about the Jasco card game. They kind of have revamped it. She's got a good relationship with Jasco where she was actually honored to do some reveals um, of the of three new uh, Asui cards in the new set. Uh, so, so I cool. thought it'd be kind of cool. Um, to just kind of sit her down for a few minutes and pick her brain, get her to explain what the game is, where folks might be able to find it, how how easily it can be picked up and played, uh, because it is My Hero Academia content. Um, we have kind of supported the card game before because we got those promo decks. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so I am curious enough to know kind of what some of the changes are because uh, this is a new set. It's also, I think she had uh, said that it was not going to quite be universus anymore where you or multiversus anymore where you could fight scorpion with midoriya um so i'm going to ask her some questions about that um but it'll be a short just a little filler episode um but a little extra amp content on what would normally have been an off week and then the week after that uh i am going to lead adam in a, an episode that we're calling my hero akamemia um, where uh, Tomac and Buster and Stricken and a couple other folks in the Discord have over the last couple months really uh, shared these memes and I've collected them. So I'm going to curate them and we're going to sit down, expose uh, Adam to them. Some of them I couldn't quite make sense of. Maybe Adam will. Um, others, I'm just hoping to see a good reaction out of Adam. Um, so that, again, will be another very visual episode, but we'll do our best to uh, explain things as we go. If you're familiar with memes, a lot of them are in very familiar formats. Uh, so that'll be fun. That's, you know, you get three back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back weeks of AMP content. We've got it mapped out for you. 
what I'm hearing is if you want to have us review your My Hero Academia memes, you need to send them to Adkins in the next week or two. Yeah, yeah, you really do have, uh, as of the airing of this episode on October 2nd. We'll give you a week. Uh, yeah, yeah, you basically have a week <laughs> because we would be recording it five days, six days before that yeah, episode would go yeah. live. So so, so get, get those to Adkins if you are in the Discord or if you're on X or Twitter, whatever people call it these days, uh, regardless of Elon's wishes, send those over and we'll take a look at them. Or maybe we won't. If you're lucky, we will. <laughs> yeah, it's an idea that I've had for a long time. I think we finally got enough content to, you know, get get 15 hopefully chuckle filled minutes out of it at least and, yeah yeah and who knows we always sit down and think ah you know this this episode will take 10 minutes and then we end up going off on rabbit trails and talking about other things yeah no joke so no uh no disgusting questions to end this episode atkins no no disgusting questions. In impossible scenarios and and make a fool of me online nope not this time i'll Dang. we'll we'll see how you do with the memes <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, it's been a fun episode. I hope everyone enjoyed it and uh, catch us next week for Adkins and Ashley. Yep. See you guys. See ya.